Uh, Darren, I got a gift for my roommate. Let me just put it on real quick. Okay. Jake put on a Twin Peaks mask. It's just a, a picture of Laura Palmer uh, with an X out of it, with an X over the eyes. And you know that that's uh, you know that that's from my friend because that's that's a nude shot of her, and those weren't released to the public. Yeah, that was on his that was on his special role, his special film role. Uh, Everyone knows Twin Peaks is based on a true story that Jake was involved with is resisting giving those details to the press so that they can close the book on the investigation. Um, the truth is, Darren, I don't think we'll ever know who killed Laura Palmer. Arnold In Palmer, some ways, though, it was a truck. Truck killed him. Who? Arnold Palmer? Yeah. I thought it was all the years of drinking lemonade. That'll get to you. Yeah, all that sugar. It just digs into your... Sugar digs into your heart. I don't know if you know that about sugar. It's my understanding that all that sugar made him sluggish, and therefore making him vulnerable to truck attacks. And that's when the trucks... The trucks were just biding their time, and then... Yeah. And when the perfect... When they saw the perfect opportunity... Yeah, trucks... Uh, so Arnold Palmer, to give a little backstory to that, Arnold Palmer was a avid, he was avid about, uh, he's an avid anti-truck spokesman. He was against trucks. He said, get them off the roads. I don't want these trucks on the roads. And, and we all know why that was because he was, he was friends with the guy who invented the golf cart and he believed that golf carts should be our main mode of transport. And he asked you know, this, the the federal government, hey, can we make golf carts federally street legal? And unanimously, the federal government said, well, we would, but we already we have trucks. Trucks are taking yeah, it was, space. They said it's you or the trucks. And so Arnold Palmer, he fought, fought his whole life to get trucks off the road. And because of that, trucks, um, trucks began hating him. Uh, there was... It wasn't a one-time incident where the truck killed him. I believe it was 87, the first time that there was a truck incident, like an actual yeah. a- attempted assassination, an attempt on his life. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, as we all know, Arnold Palmer had superhuman speed. Yeah. Uh, because this was pre his lemonade problem. Ironically given to him by a truck. It was a glancing blow when he was a lot younger. Uh, that's true. That gave him the superhuman speed. Um, if you actually want to, if you want to know about how Arnold Palmer got his speed, you could just watch uh, the episode of daredevil that shows how he got his superpowers. Cause they just stole that idea one for one from what happened with Arnold Palmer. Except yeah. they made him blind and hear good instead of fast. Yeah. So, um, R.I.P. on our Palmer. Super tragic that that had to happen. The Palmers are serious. Are, are like the Kennedys, you know. The Palmers just can't catch a break. Yeah, that's true. They cannot. Uh, they're devoid of just having just a peaceful life where you know, either they're not. You know, they don't have a hand in some sort of death, or they are. You know, they make it away scot free. But they also choose to put themselves in the in the limelight. No one made Arnold Palmer be a 
golf cart activist. You know, that was his own decision. That is true. He brought it upon himself. He's like every Marvel superhero wrapped into one. <laughs> exactly. I'm not saying that he deserved his death, but when you play when you play with golf carts, you get the you get the truck horn. Yeah. And then and then if you don't get out of the way, you get the tire. Yeah. And the undercarriage. Yeah, you can get even the muffler. And boy, oh boy, were the, those trucks were gunning for him for a while. It took. I mean. Another another inspiration, another thing that took inspiration from his life was the game Frogger, because he was just constantly having to dodge these. And you know that's because in Frogger it doesn't make sense because you're always like, why doesn't why doesn't Frogger just go to like a crossing or something? For Arnold Palmer, there was there was no safety. There was nowhere he could go. Well, that's why you know when you beat Frogger, when you get when you finally do get to the other side of the road in the game, you unlock that famous Frogger golfing mini game. Yeah. It's like it's really amazing. It's really quite amazing how much they pulled from Arnold Palmer's life. Uh, you know, Arnold Palmer was an American hero. Uh, he created a very delicious soft drink. Um, he was anti-truck. He had superhuman speed. He was a decent golfer. Not, I would say he was a better runner than he was a golfer. Yeah, um, of course. You know. Absolutely. His track record, no pun intended, was better in dodging trucks than it was winning golf games. Yeah, because he only, he dodged, I mean, he won what, like a lot of majors, like 40 or something? I don't know. Yeah. A lot. But that's that doesn't come close to the thousands and thousands of trucks he dodged on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. They were all gunning for him. He actually got into golf. A lot of people don't know this. It's not because of his friend who invented the golf cart, but it's because trucks aren't allowed on a golf course, and he felt safe there. Yeah. It's only carts on golf. It's like that was his shire was the golf course because that's it's only golf carts allowed on the, on the course. His house uh, actually had no driveway. It was just a green and that's true uh it was all underground like he was the ball (laughs) (laughs) he would uh and there was a big flag yeah there was a big flag that came out of the top coming out of his out of the top of and to get into his house there was a dinosaur who opened and closed his mouth and you had to time it perfectly to run in as the dinosaur's mouth was open yeah and uh he would every time he'd fall into his home it would make the signature sound it would be like you know yeah yeah that's just those are just true facts uh those are true facts this is snickles i'm jake the truck snickle and unfortunately, I am Darren the golf cart snickel. Um, uh, we we are on very different sides in this war, but we still find we still manage to come together each week and record this this show for you. Very different people. This is like a Joe Rogan experience of sorts. Uh, we bring I, yeah, that's true. We're very different. I'm people. Joe Rogan, and you're uh, I'm Ben, ben Shapiro. Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Darren. Yeah. Oh, did you have something? Did you have something good to say? No, no, I, I have nothing good to say. No, I, 
I was a little I was a little cheesed off yesterday. I I was a little angry, a little grumpy. What type of cheese are mad. we talking here? Uh, sharp cheddar. Oh fuck. Sharp sharp cheddar. Wow. Double yesterday, sharp. yesterday I went to see Inception with some family at the movie theater because it's reopened. Uh, what? We wore masks the whole time. Uh, we were socially careful, distanced too. from people. Yeah, be very careful. Yeah, we were we were careful. Uh, Good. I kept my mask on. I kept this very same naked Laura Palmer mask on, and they told me to take it off. And I said, "It's this or nothing." Yeah. And then they said, "We prefer nothing." So I took my clothes off, and they're like, "That's not what we meant." By that point, the movie was started, so there's nothing they can do. You can't legally kick a customer out once the movie starts. Yeah, legally you can't, even if they're, no matter what. Uh, but that's a normal thing for you, so I'm surprised they had such an issue with it. You always take your pants off in movie theaters. At least your pants. Yeah, but they were mad about my shirt. I took my shirt off because of the stench. Because yeah. I haven't been leaving the house, so there's been no need. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't thought about deodorant in five months, let alone put it on. Yeah. You've been using those Glade uh, plugins. Yeah, ex- used ones. I've just well, I've, I've seen your I've seen your technique. You basically you hold your arm up in the morning, and then you kind of just you get those squirty Glade plugins that kind of just do the little every like however whenever the room stinks, I guess. And I've seen what you do. You put your arm right up against that Glade plugin, and you just wait. You know five minutes, 10 minutes, however long it takes for the room to start stinking again. And then it just gives you a quick right in your arm. And then you, you see, do the Jared, other it's always arm. Been, it could take 20 minutes. It's always been my, well, when I get it under there, it stinks immediately, but it's always been my impression that those are just timed. You're suggesting they have some sort of odor sensing technology in those. You're yeah, saying that got, truck stops, truck stop bathrooms have odor sensing technology where they can tell when a, the bathroom stinks and release the, release the gel. Yeah, they got gel. they got special uh, enzymes in there that uh, can sense when it stinks. They got they have a pretty good opinion on it too. Those enzymes, um, they're very opinionated enzymes. They can sense when the stench is too much. You can, but you get the thing about those the the tricky thing about those Glade plugins is you gotta you gotta pick the right ones. Because if you pick ones mm-hmm. with a bad opinion about stench, then you're going to be stuck with a stinky room, you know? Or I guess an opinion you don't agree with. I should, there's no bad opinions, as you will know, listening to this show with such two, two different hosts. <laughs> but anyway, Darren, truly what happened is I went to see Inception, and before the movie, there was like a, a 13 to 15 minute... It was like a, it's sort of a documentary about Tenet. Christopher Nolan's movie coming out next week where it was like, like a behind the scenes. Yeah, it was like a behind the scenes thing. And there was a lot of stuff where they were like, oh, yeah, like there's stuff that you'll never that I've never seen in film before. There's like scenes you won't believe. And then they showed what they said was the biggest stunt in the movie. And I was like, why would you sh-? like, well, these are the people these are the people watching Inception in IMAX like 10 years after it came out. This is the audience for this movie. You don't need to advertise, like, everyone here is going to go see that movie. You don't need to advertise to us. And to show, like, what they say is, like, oh, it's the biggest stunt in movie history, which I'm sure it's not. But, like, why would you show that? Yeah, uh, I've heard that, last I heard of Tenet, 
is that it was getting delayed indefinitely. Uh, well, you have not been up to date because it's coming out next week. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my! I have a ticket to see it on Monday. My fucking god! Okay. An early release. Wow. All right. So, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go to that because uh, I got people I live with who I don't want to fucking give COVID to, baby. As much as I would love to go, I don't want to give COVID to my fucking the people I live with. Okay, baby. Well, I mean, we can talk about this off air. We can talk about this off air, Darren. But uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I was like, why would you show this? Before the movie is... Like, I think trailers are bad enough in what they show. And they've done such a careful job, I feel like, of showing very little in the Tenet trailers. And then in this movie, they're like, okay, here's what the movie's basically all about. I was... I don't know. I was furious. It's interesting how much Christopher Nolan is staying away from standard advertisement for that fucking movie. Because I feel like I haven't seen a legitimate trailer for that movie since it was announced. It's always been like, like Christopher Nolan giving like either the title trailer or just showing scenes from the movie and being like, this is what we have. It's like, are you showing us dailies, Christopher Nolan? <laughs> are you showing the, <laughs> you and I saw that dailies? extended scene when we, when we saw uh, star Wars. Yeah. If you'll recall. It was very, I, but, I enjoyed uh, it a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. I've seen, I've seen a trailer on TV uh, like this week. Huh? Okay. Uh, but I, I don't know like that. I don't like trailers for movies. We've talked about this many times on the show before. So you it just always the, gives away so much. You didn't see the Batman the trailer. Is. I didn't see it. Oh, I've heard good things. Okay. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Do you really want my thoughts or do you want me to not spoil anything for you? Because if I say it looks good or bad, I might spoil the whole movie for you. Okay, so you're saying that you like a trailer and you want you want to see all the good parts of a movie before you see the movie itself? Well, you're only seeing... You're seeing like maybe 3% maximum of the movie... I mean, yeah, like if, but a, the thing if is, a marketing team is stupid, they'll fucking spoil the movie, which has happened before. I mean, but those the thing usually is that the bad people, movies that get spoiled before they come the out. The people who make the trailer aren't the people who make the movie. I know. The people who make the trailer, their whole job is just to get people to see the movie. They don't care whether people like it or it succeeds or anything. Yeah. But also so there's like a big... They have, they have no motivation to not show the big scenes. Oh yeah, they do. They could they have to get it approved by the studio before they send it out. So the stud it's it's not as much the people editing the trailer. It's it's more the studio's choice to not spoil it for the viewers before it gets put out. I don't know. I just think Christopher Nolan is at a point where he could say my new movie's called Tenet, come see it and it'll sell a billion dollars at the box office. Well, maybe a not. A billion. With, okay, that's Maybe not with COVID, but well, like, and has he ever has a movie of his ever made a billion at the box office? I don't know, but there's been inflation since those movies came out. I guess. Did you so. think of that? I did. Yeah. Uh, what, what what was his last movie? Um, I think 
Has he done anything since Interstellar? Oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, that's right. Yeah. That didn't make a billion. That wasn't even close. I don't even think Interstellar was close to a billion. $705,000. Okay. That's not that's not very close to a billion. Yeah, he almost made a million though. So that's impressive. Cuz a, a million is just one away from a billion. Yeah. Um does it really say $705,000 on Dunkirk? Uh yeah, I ran the numbers myself and that's what it made. Um, wow, that's surprising. Jake, do you... Uh- Obviously, Darren, look, I'm being a little... I, I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but... Is that your report for how your week went? Did anything good happen? Uh, no, that's about it. Okay. Well, did, How did your week go? Are you, are you not on my side here? Do you not think that that's ridiculous? I mean, yeah, well, no, I agree with you. I think that... Everything for Tenant that we've seen so far has been fucking ridiculous. Like, just, I mean, he's trying to branch out, give viewers something different, but it also comes across as very pretentious. Uh, so, I don't know. Christopher Nolan, you're not really winning right now. I know you listen to the podcast, so uh, you're not really winning right now. I'm excited for your movie. I'm very excited, but um, I don't think you're winning super hard by giving us instead of trailers you're giving us all this other shit about tenant uh i don't know my week was good i got to see my nephew we played fall guys he lost by a nose in fall guys and he he freaked out man i would have too man he cut off his own nose i heard yeah he van gogh himself but on the face (laughs) he looks like michael jackson now I would have. He did a. I can't blame he did a him. Ninety degree Van Gogh. I died a little bit inside because he was. It was the first time he was really doing well because he kept losing, 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 and then he, it was the first time he did really well, and he just barely, by like a millisecond, didn't make it, and mm-hmm. he freaked out. And I was like, dude, I was like, well, I want to. I want you to learn a lesson about about uh, winning, like losing, you know, not winning, but also I kind of feel you at the same time. Like that sucks. Um, that's it. Yeah. Darren is a known sore loser. Uh, Fuck you, Jake. No, I'm not. I fucking, I'm fine with losing, okay? Darren. What? What have you ever won? Best effect at the fucking Student Academy Awards? Yeah, the Student, yeah, the famous Student Academy Awards, yeah. I wore the best that, effects. I know that you had help on that effect, by the way. It wasn't even you single-handedly doing that. Then who I'm was gonna it, guess, Jake? I'm gonna guess Nolan? that every I'm gonna guess that every single movie you've made, you've had other people's help with. Tell me I'm wrong. No, Jake, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. Exactly, because you can do a single thing without others. Because not only are you a sore loser, but you are certainly no winner. I'm definitely far from a winner. I'm not a sore loser, but I'm definitely a winner. Uh, Let's just leave it at that. Jake, you want to get into this bracket? We're 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 a solid 20 minutes into this potty. Hey, Darren, you don't need to tell people how far in we are. They know. I'm telling you, I'm making sure, you know, I've got the numbers right here. I'm at 1921. Okay, is that what you want to hear? Is that what you want me to say? Yeah, it is. I'm glad you know. That's not going to. That's not going to be what the time is on listeners' 
phones, okay? So they're going to be confused. Yeah, there's going to be... Yeah, I know. We got to add in the song. Yeah, and maybe you started earlier. Like, we have to sync it up. I'm, I, th- okay? I feel like we're pretty well synced together right now. Like, your time is pretty close to mine. Well, is it exact? Is it to the millisecond? Are we about Are you to at count 1953.846? Uh, no, I'm a little bit ahead of you, actually. Okay. Let's start the. Let's get into the bracket. Oh, thanks, Jake. Jared. I yeah, actually let's get. Yeah, Jake. Thank you for. Yeah, we should there, get into the bracket. Jake. There's something else I did this week that I'm gonna mention when we get into the bracket. Oh, all right. Does That's it have to do teaser. with our bracket? That's just a little teaser. No, I just have a. I just have a tangent. I'm ready to go on. Oh fuck. Because I know it'll infuriate you. All right. All right. We are continuing. Our childhood cartoons championship bracket. This is part two. The f- that we are in the uh, penultimate quarterfinals. The quarterfinals. Uh, we are almost to the penultimate rounds. Um, We're in the anti-penultimate round. Penultimate round. So we have we have knocked out lots of goodies. We're stuck with the classics, and we it's this going to be tough, Jake. This is going to be real tough. Um, I don't see any we, matchup on here that isn't going to be hard. Also, some good cartoons that didn't make it at all into into the bracket. Actually, I see some that aren't going to be hard, but you know, <laughs> for me. All right, Darren, let's get into it. The first matchup. We have our number, number one seed one matchup. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z versus number two. Versus number two. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, these are. Two gods among men. In the case of one of them, literally, I think. Well, uh, now in, in Dragon of, Ball Super, yeah. Yeah, in the case of the SpongeBob, other one. SpongeBob went uh, Super Saiyan God mode. Uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob once caught a ride on uh, David Hasselhoff's pecs, so he was more of a man amongst a god in that instance, actually. David Hasselhoff uh, is just a man amongst SpongeBob's god. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, one of the, one of the biggest, it's interesting how big it is culturally. A a lot of, like, it's one of those things that seems to cross all, all cultural borders. Like, it's, it's obviously huge for Japanese audiences. It's huge for American audiences, but it's not, like, just nerdy white kids. Like, it seems like this is, like, one of the animes that, like, is really big in, like, hip-hop culture and stuff. I would say uh, SpongeBob just, is as well, though. Yeah, that's. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just trying to set up what Dragon Ball Z is, Darren. Jake has. Jake is on. Come one on. Today. Jake Come is on. on one today. G- okay, you think that SpongeBob is one of the anime that is big in hip hop culture? Is that what you're saying, now he's, Darren? Now he's finding a technicality. Is that what you're saying? I just think it's like it's interesting that it's 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 just massive. Everyone. Everyone has some experience with it. And SpongeBob is equally, I mean, I think it was, there was a time where it was just like synonymous with cartoons. Uh, Older generations than us talk about like growing up and watching Saturday morning cartoons. I feel like SpongeBob is the show that everyone watched. Like some of these shows you, you could get away with not seeing, but like SpongeBob, I mean, if you didn't watch SpongeBob. You're nothing. Yeah. You're dumber than Patrick, and everyone gets that reference. Yeah. 
You're you're <clears throat> you don't exist. You're not on the radar, pal. That being said, I think that both of these might suffer a little bit for their overexposure and their they've been around for so long that they don't you know some of these shows are like a much shorter more polished thing where they made what they wanted to make and then it was done so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how this all how this all shakes out what are your thoughts on these on this matchup darren I think you had a good point there when you said that a lot of these kind of ruined their legacy by existing for so long. I think that both of these are guilty of that. I mean, Dragon Ball Super is a bit of a redemption for Dragon Ball Z or Dragon the Dragon Ball uh, mag maga as we were saying. Uh, it is a maga. It is a make animes good again. Um, Jake's shaking his head. He hates that I said that. Um, uh, yeah, because they had Dragon Ball GT, which nobody seemed to like. And I believe that the only, uh, the biggest motivation for creating Dragon Ball GT was that, um, they just wanted to, yeah, they just wanted to bankroll on (laughs) the success of Dragon Ball Z in the States. So they got a new creator. I think they fired the old creators of Dragon Ball Z and they got like a new staff to make Dragon Ball GT and nobody really liked it. Uh, on the same token, <clears throat> SpongeBob, I w- a lot of people would say SpongeBob kind of got a lot watered down. Uh, no pun intended. Got a lot more yes, watered it was. down. Yes, it was. I'm not going to, you can take it if you want and leave it if you want, you know, uh, SpongeBob got a lot more watered down uh in kind of the later seasons i think it went how long did spongebob go like 12 seasons spongebob it was renewed for a 13th season last year oh my god i thought it was over i feel like they've announced three times that it's been over so yeah 13 seasons now 12 it's gone 12 seasons um it's uh, it's a titan. I mean, people still obviously love SpongeBob, but a lot of people would tell you that by right around season five ish, it kind of hit uh, it kind of hit a a, a droll moment uh, where they kind of instead of making SpongeBob kind of a lovable guy who's who's He's smart in some situations. Uh, he's motivated by his job. I believe a lot of people's shark jumping moment for SpongeBob is making him kind of just this stupid, completely dumb idiot uh, who just doesn't really get anything uh, and is just a total goofball. Uh, that's that's what lost a lot of the, the OG fans. Um, yeah, because there was a time where he was... I mean, he was never a genius, but he was just, his character was just excited about everything. And like, he had, I mean, he had abilities to do stuff and it just sort of became him like, he can't do anything. He's just a big idiot. This could almost be a finalist matchup, I feel like. Uh... This this yeah seems, here we are this yeah I know this seems like this should be a a, a final matchup. Uh, 
Man, this one's really tough because I do enjoy, I still enjoy both of these. I, I'll revisit both of these cartoons um, every now and then. I, I think I revisit SpongeBob more because it's less of a time commitment. Uh, watching Dragon Ball Z, you know, is it takes up a lot of time. I mean, there's a lot of fucking episodes of Dragon Ball Z, but there's so much character development to be had. Uh, so this one's very tough for me. I think that for me, I have more nostalgia for SpongeBob, but I think part part of my not caring as much about it these days is that it's just like it it is so referenced, and it's like I don't know. Like I have a a friend who will just relate everything back to SpongeBob, and it's like yeah, we like I get it, I get it, but at the same time. I don't care that much. I think that there are some really good episodes of SpongeBob. Uh, the one where they play at the basically the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh uh, yeah, sweet sweet victory. We've referenced that on this show. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a classic episode of TV. And there's there's other classic episodes. But if you were gonna ask me like which of these I would rather watch today, I think it'd be Dragon Ball Z. Like if I had to pick one that I was gonna watch, it's like sit down and watch all the way through. I think I'd pick Dragon Ball Z. But also, if I was going to pick one to show... Like, not that I'm ever going to have kids, I don't think. But if I was going to pick one to show to, like, a, a, a child, because this is the child's animation bracket, I think that SpongeBob might be more child-appropriate. So, I don't know. That's That's tough. It's between... Like, Dragon Ball Z, I think, appeals more to me now because it is aimed at an older audience. But also, should that should that hurt it in this bracket? I think you you, you drive a good point home there. Um, I think that SpongeBob is, is. I think the reason SpongeBob is so good is because, especially in the first, the earlier seasons, it has a lot of jokes that can appeal to older audiences as well. Uh, and it's a lot of very absurdist humor that can still be funny for adults. Um, namely, like, you know, the chocolate episode, the guy brings his grandma out, the crazy guy. Chocolate! Oh, yeah. See, Jake's smiling. He just referenced that. He's yeah. smiling, referencing that. Uh, yeah. You know, we got that. We got the one where SpongeBob ends up in the deep part of the ocean, and he do- and uh, he doesn't know which bathroom to use. Um, <laughs> it's all really good. It's 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 a lot of fun to revisit. Um, yeah, this one's really tough. I mean, like I keep saying, this one should have been a finalist. Uh, I mean, yet yeah, here we are. We have to make a decision. Uh, I think I'm just. Here's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, here's where I feel like we're at. Is that. So Steven Hillenburg died tragically. Rest in peace, Steven. Uh, they have three spinoff shows in the works. I for heard about that, yeah. One of them is a younger SpongeBob. I think one is a younger Squidward. And then the Patrick Starr show. Like, it just seems like... it's. It feels like a show that's getting away from what made it good in the first place. And, I, like, you can argue that Dragon Ball Z has done the same thing. But at the same time, like... It seems like SpongeBob is doing that in its lifetime, whereas Dragon Ball Z, it's like 
after it existed, it's doing more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're taking the series and they're like making sequels to it. Whereas like current SpongeBob, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen a current SpongeBob episode in a long time, but I can't imagine it would be anywhere near as good. I think the most recent SpongeBob I've seen has been the Handsome Squidward episode, which is actually kind of old by now. I think it's like season eight. Um, yeah. And that's only because it was memed. It was memed so heavily. And I was like, what? I didn't get the reference to the meme, so I had to go watch it. Um, I think for me, I'm just going to have to... I, I revisit both of these quite a bit. Uh, I do love going back to Dragon Ball Z, just kind of starting at the beginning of you know a, a saga, the Frieza saga, the Cell saga, the Boo saga, any of those. Um, and just watch, jumping in. Um, but like I said, it's harder to, for me to jump back in on Dragon Ball Z because it's such a hard time commitment. Uh, That's true. Whereas That's SpongeBob point. is just you know a one and done. You don't even have to watch a full episode. You can watch... A half of an episode and you have a full storyline. Um, Darren. Yes. Handsome Squidward was season five. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So I'm really out of touch with how the the newer SpongeBob's then. Um, but SpongeBob does give a lot of very referenceable classic TV moments that uh, bring a lot of joy just thinking about them. Kind of just thinking about them gets me to want to go back and watch them right then and there case in point, you know, the chocolate episode or the Krabby Patty instruction tape one or the, the, the crusty crab, uh, instruction video. I love that one. And that still feels like it's a pretty funny episode that would hold up today and still make me laugh. If I watched it today, uh, the Super Bowl episode, you know, um, I this is one where it, it pains me to knock out one of the one or the other, but I think I'm gonna have to go with SpongeBob myself. Um, as much as it hurts me to say Dragon Ball Z, uh, I'm gonna have to go with SpongeBob. You're picking SpongeBob to go forward. I am, yes. <clears throat> I think that I have to pick SpongeBob as well, just because it it is one that I have more nostalgia for, and I I was sort of arguing against it just to see just to see how you would fight back and because you thought i was gonna say dragon ball z no just because i wanted to see like i think there are legitimate arguments against spongebob and i didn't want to just let spongebob get through this one because i think it's a big matchup yeah but like for my own experience i have to pick spongebob because that's the one that i watched more uh it's not the one i would probably choose to watch today if i was gonna binge something yeah. Uh, but if I was going to watch one episode, you're right, I would pick Spongebob, probably. So, yeah, Spongebob, I guess, moves forward. Spongebob is in the semifinals. Um, so R.I.P. Dragon Ball Z, we still love you, obviously. Number five matchup, the, our number five seed, our next matchup. We have our number five seed, Courage the Cowardly Dog, versus our number six seed, Powerpuff Girls. This is a tough one. Uh, I rewatched the first episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog, and it just is immediately so creepy. Like the first one is where they go to Cat's Motel, and they they like that's, won't let. Yeah, that's the Courage one I was thinking. In. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one I was referencing they, last week. They yeah. won't let Courage get in, and I think like I was amazed by how much 
Because, car- like, so many cartoons, it's all about, like, these just annoying voices just, like, keep kids' attention and all this stuff. And, like, I was amazed by how much of it is just, like, quiet, just courage going around. And, like, he'll, I mean, he can talk, but a lot of times it's just him be like, Yeah. Muriel! <laughs> uh, and, like, it was, a, it was a creepy, creepy episode. There's, like, huge spiders and stuff. I... I'm amazed that this is a children's show. <laughs> uh, versus Powerpuff Girls, which we've talked about several, not several times, one time, last episode, uh, about how, I mean, it's a fun show and it did a lot for representation and all of that. So these are two, these are two really interesting shows for being uh, ahead of their time, I think. And, and pushing that envelope. And you mentioned that Courage the Cowardly Dog is creepy. And I think last episode we mentioned how Powerpuff Girls has these really weird, this really weird rogues gallery, uh, including him, the villain, who was maybe, you know, the cre- one of the creepiest villains of any cartoons. Uh, given it's like double voice, uh, I guess him is definitively a male, right? But it's, is that he's dressed like a woman and he kind of sounds like a woman. He has very womanly qualities. Um, and just kind of has a unsettling aura to be in a kid's cartoon. Um, but with Powerpuff Girls, I mean, this isn't this isn't to say anything about which one's better. I'm just saying. With Powerpuff Girls, you know, if if you want unsettling, then you gotta go to the him episodes. Where with Courage, you just go to any episode. Um, because do you know? Yes. Sorry. No, go ahead. This is this is only slightly related, but do you know that a lot of uh, bad guy characters are flamboyant because with the Hayes Code, you couldn't have a gay character unless they were the bad guy. Are so you that's serious? why, like, so yeah, that's a true fact. So often, oh that's God. why, like, a bad guy will be flashier or more flamboyant, is like a holdover from those from that time. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's it's good to see that uh, Powerpuff Girls has, like we keep saying, it has very good representation. Um. For a show, you know, that came out at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that it's... I mean, I think it has good representation for a show now. It has three main female characters. I'd say so as well. And a single a single male dad. Yeah. Like, and it, and like we as, we, as we mentioned last episode, it does uh, talk about these topics that are kind of taboo, especially if you're a kid mm-hmm. watching. Um, you know, and Courage the Cowardly Dog kind of does that too. It, it doesn't really have, I mean, I guess if it doesn't really have like the representation, I guess, uh, it's just an elderly couple with a dog as their, as their, uh, their pet. And he's a lot smarter than they think he is, but he, a lot of creepy stuff happens where they live. That's all you really need to know Courage the Cowardly Dog. What? Announced just yesterday. What? The CW is making a gritty Powerpuff Girls live action. No fucking... Where they're in their 20s. 
Written by Diablo Cody. No fucking way. Announced just yesterday. A gritty version? How do you do that with Powerpuff Girls? Are they allowed to do that? They're disillusioned 20-somethings resentful at losing their childhood to fighting crime and faced with the choice of reuniting when the world needs them more than ever. If there's not a, if there's not a Riverdale crossover, then I don't know uh, <laughs> Hollywood as well as I think I do. Uh, Diablo Cody's a, a, a good writer. Um, I, I'm sure she'll do a really good job with it. Um, but wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I was not expecting that. Um, yeah, that's funny because I was just thinking like a couple days ago. I was like, Diablo Cody, it doesn't seem like she's been up to very much lately. Well, yeah, now here you know. we are. Um, as far I think that let's talk about representation with courage, uh, because obviously the characters aren't you know it's not as diverse as. Powerpuff Girls, however, the villains in Courage are often, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a 50-50 shot with the villains where in the end you find out that they do have these malicious intents. And you can also find in the end that, you know, they're doing they're unintentionally scary and they're doing they just don't understand social cues a lot of the time. And I think there's one in particular where it's like a really ugly guy and he keeps <laughs> he keeps like freaking out the he keeps freaking out and terrorizing the home. And then Courage at the end finds out that he just doesn't have any friends and he just wanted a friend. But he doesn't know how because he doesn't because he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't know how to go about getting friends, um, which I think it's also important to have those realizations in kids shows as well, because it kind of shows you that like people who you might perceive as being bad or might be perceiving, you might perceive as uh, kind of out to get you may just be in a bad way. They may just be fighting another battle. Uh, I think those, those types of episodes are important. Um, stylistically, I think that courage uh, as a film student going to film, I think the courage's balance of horror and comedy has influenced me a lot more than Powerpuff Girls. And for that reason, I think I'm going to go with courage on this one. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a tough one. Cause I, I think, okay, if we're going to do the test again of which one, which of these I'd rather show to my child, I'm probably picking Powerpuff Girl. Powerpuff Girls over Courage. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. This is really tough because, like I said, I didn't watch a ton of Powerpuff Girls growing up. And part of that was because there is, like, there I did feel a stigma of, like, I can't watch this. This is for girls. Yeah. Uh, which is a flaw of society, not of the show. And I think, like, having that show that I did watch sometimes, like, did help me push past that, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas I, so it's 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 two parts of me. I think Powerpuff Girls shaped me more cult, like uh, my cultural awareness of like different ex- experiences and stuff. My, uh, I don't know what the right term I'm trying to think of. 
like just with uh, representation, all of that versus courage, which I think, like you're saying, shaped my interest in like, you know, the movies that we talk about all the time on this show. Yeah. Uh, those comedy, horror, all that stuff. So this is a really tough one for me. I think just because of, just because I watched Courage more as a kid, I'm going to pick Courage. But I, I, in some ways, I wish that we could just like take a break and rewatch all of these shows all the way through. Yeah. And then come back and discuss this. But yeah. I mean, we, we can't because <laughs> we got to we got to make a new bracket next week. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to pick Courage with. Big ups to Powerpuff Girls for what it is. And I'm excited to see that new show. (laughs) In the words of Chet Hanks, big up to Powerpuff Girls. Um, All right. Courage the Cowardly Dog moves up to the semifinals. Next matchup. We have number three, Ed, Ed, and Eddie versus number four, the Fairly Odd Parents. All right. This is... What I'll tell you. I went to a comic book shop earlier today okay, uh, to get some comics, and the employee behind the counter was wearing an Ed, Ed, and Eddie shirt. And I said, hey, I like your shirt. And then he said, thanks, you have to rep the classics. And for a second, I was like, do I tell this guy that we're talking about this on our podcast? And, and you did, I said, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably would have been a- there for an extra 20 minutes, but hey, we might have gotten a new list. <laughs> I'll I'll go back and let him know. Uh, so Fairly Odd Parents was these were both two shows I was big into as a kid, like two of the bigger shows on this list. Uh, I think that this is this is the moment when I'll drop my my knowledge about uh, Butch Hartman, the creator of Fairly Odd Parents. Um, oh, where's, hold on. Uh, he, first of all, he, wait. Jake is. Oh, he. he, Looking at a computer screen right now. He claimed that, uh, religion could fix bipolar disorder, autism, heart and kidney failure, fibromyalgia, multiple multiple sclerosis. Uh, he created a Kickstarter that, was going to be a new platform where families could watch uh, watch shows called O-Axis. Um, he, the Kickstarter was successfully funded, and I don't think anything has come of it yet. And this was a while back. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit, a little bit shady. He, is, he was a born-again Christian. He's a young earth creationist. This is the same Butch Hartman, without a doubt, this is the same Butch Hartman that made Fairly Odd Parents. 100%. Very interesting. So, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, we always talk about pulling the artist apart from the art. I just wanted to put that information out there. It doesn't have to influence your your views on the show, but I just wanted to mention. Well, that's that's part of. (laughs) It doesn't influence my views on the show, but it might explain i think i don't know if i mentioned fairly odd parents how it like kind of jumped the shark uh like three seasons in and like it's widely known a lot of people who enjoyed fairly odd parents uh 
early on are aware that it jumped the shark when it came out with some, it was a it was a straight to TV movie. It wasn't the one where him and Jimmy Neutron switched places. It wasn't that one. It was I think after that one. There was like a string of all these TV movies that came out with Fairly Odd Parents, and one of them was like the shark jumping moment for it. And it, all the jokes were really stupid. I hated watching it as a kid. I didn't think it was very funny. Uh, and ever since that movie came out, I don't know if the writing staff changed, but it just wasn't the same show anymore. It it, it just felt pretty horrible. Uh, whereas I think Ed, Ed, and Eddie quit when it was ahead. Like very much so. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, how many seasons did Ed, Ed, and Eddie go, Jake? Ed and Eddie had six seasons, 70 episodes, versus Fairly Odd Parents, which had 10 seasons and 172 episodes. Whereas I think Ed and Eddie was consistent for all all of their episodes, all of their seasons, and Fairly Odd Parents was really only funny for like the first three or four. Uh Yeah, I, I think that I got into Fairly Odd Parents at the right time. Like I was I was that right age to see when the show was coming out. And experience it, and so, and then like, cause it it's it ended in two thousand seventeen. Like I haven't seen I haven't seen that show in I don't know how long. So I feel like I I had that like perfect experience of seeing the show, and it did get bad. Versus Ed, Ed and Eddie, which like looking like thinking back on it, it just feels like so tonally consistent. Absolutely throughout the whole thing. Um. I think I'm because and like I think Ed and Eddie just overall, you know, taking just each show by its good seasons. I think overall Ed and Eddie was a little bit more wacky. It's more up my alley, I guess, with the with the humor. It's just more. Um, I just appreciated the humor a lot more. I thought it was a lot more creative. Uh, so, I mean, this one isn't too hard for me. I mean, it did, like I said, I did enjoy Fairly Odd Parents a lot, uh, when I was a kid, but I, I, I knew and I felt it when it jumped the shark and I never felt that with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. So it's a pretty easy pick for me. I mean, it's Ed, Ed, and Eddie for me. Yeah. I think that I enjoyed Fairly Odd Parents more at its, at its heights uh, but Ed, Ed and Eddie for its consistency and because it's the show I would go back and watch today, I prefer. Yeah. So. But if we're talking just in terms of best theme song, <laughs> that's Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know. Ed, Ed and Eddie's theme song is fucking fantastic. It's really only three words. There's Ed, Ed, and Edit, and Eddie. Yeah, see, you remember the tune more than the lyrics. Well, there's actually four words. Well, three if you're going to count Ed and Ed as the same word. So it's yeah. <laughs> I don't count. I don't. I don't count the uh, the ampersand. It's not an ampersand. It's an N. It's an N. That is true. Which isn't a word. It's a letter. So three words in a letter. Well, then Ed's not a word. It's a name. All right, Jake. Ed, Ed, and Eddie moves uh, on. Fairly Odd Parents. I'm just saying, I, re- I really liked that theme song. And it still gets stuck in my head to this day. Yeah, they, they're both really good theme songs. No doubt about that. Ed, Ed, or Fairly Odd Parents, I feel like... Okay, here's, here's one thing I'll say. I know we made our decision, but I think Fairly Odd Parents did a really good job of having those, like, 
wild, uh, just wacky side characters. Whereas Ed and Eddie couldn't do that as much because as we talked about, it's like a very closed environment where it's just the kids in the cul-de-sac. Yeah. And so like Fairly Odd Parents, you had Doug Dimmodome, uh, the Crimson Chin, like all these interesting characters, but uh, they weren't enough to save it. Well, yeah, but Ed, Ed and Eddie had, its, had the great characters too i mean you had the canker sisters who lived in a tree or no they lived they had a tree house in a trailer and a trailer but they had a tree house that's a great episode where (laughs) they're fighting to get up to the (laughs) i forgot if they're fighting to get away from the canker sisters or if they're fighting to get to the canker sisters i think they're trying to get away uh you have the canker sisters you have rolf you have jimmy (laughs) i mean you have plank just a riveting character in Plank. Uh, <laughs> sure, but I'm saying outside of those main characters, you really didn't have. Yeah, but it didn't need them. I think the argue. I I know. I see your argument, but I. It's already the conversation's done. I'm just saying that. Well, that's what this show. Fairly about. odd. That's parents. what this podcast is about: is having conversations about these shows. I appreciate yeah, that but you already, brought that. We up. We already made our decision. I know. I appreciate. I just appreciate that you brought that up, and I wanted to further it. All right, that's what that's, podcasting that's is about, baby. Go to podcast school. How about? Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, the next matchup we have our number seven seed, Batman the Animated Series versus our number eight seed, Rugrats. Wait, oh, Rugrats did win because of uh, it won a war. Oh, it won right, more awards the, than Grim Adventures. The tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that's your doing, Jake. That is your that's doing. That's right. I feel good. I mean, I liked that show more as a kid. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. This one is maybe the easiest one. I don't feel like I don't really need to explain why Batman the Animated Series is a better cartoon than Rugrats. Uh... I mean, I think if we went to a tiebreaker right now, it it probably will have won a lot more awards than Rugrats. You really think so? Uh, I have serious doubts on that front. Well, how many how many awards did Rugrats have? Like twenty? <clears throat> yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to make a choice here yet. I want to have some have some discussion here. But here's here's where I'm at. I enjoyed Rugrats more as a kid. I enjoy Batman the animated series more today. What are what are we what are we talking about here? You know? That's what this whole conversation is. I suppose yes it is. Well, I at the beginning said, you know, it's it's better. It's it's about what you think holds up better. So yes, it would be what you think what you would enjoy more today. Uh, when I was a kid, I can say I still enjoyed Batman better than Rugrats when I was a kid. That's great for you. I just had a different experience. I loved, I loved the, I loved the Rugrats show. I loved the movie. I loved the the Nintendo 64 game. Uh, but if I had to pick one for today, I'd pick Batman. Okay. Is that what you want me to say? Uh, you can say whatever you want, Jake. You know, I don't think you want this to go to the tiebreaker. I'm just telling you. Uh, okay. 
I don't know what you're doing now, but uh, I'm I was I was I was doing some research. Sorry. How much research is there to do? Um, four. It's one. Batman the Animated Show has won four awards. No, it hasn't. It's according to Wikipedia. Much more. Oh, 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 yeah. I guess, yeah. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? <clears throat> Nothing. Um, I think that Batman. Are you looking at nominations? I think that Batman the Animated Series, uh, it just has better writing. It's not like it's a funny show. It doesn't really need to be. It doesn't really need to lean on comedy. Fucking talk about representation. I mean, you have the introduction of of, of Batwoman. You have, um. I believe Barbara is in a wheelchair at some point in the show. Um, yeah. Talk about representation there. I mean, yeah, she's not Batman, but like she is a Batman essentially like he, she is a crucial part of the show and she's, she has so much agency in the show. Uh, the rogues gallery, every villain just is so great like there's not really any weak moments of 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 batman the animated series i mean the 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 intro too i mean fucking just a banger banger. of an intro it's a banger absolutely i watched i watched uh some of the batman the animated series with my girlfriend this week just because i hadn't seen it in a while just a, a ripper of a of a theme song oh yeah i will say i have I have a DVD. I have like a season of Batman on DVD, the Batman the Animated Series on DVD. I haven't even thought about getting a Rugrats season on DVD in this day and age. But I watched Batman like I watched it in front of my dad, and I think my dad came in while I was watching it as like a. I think I was watching it when I was like twenty four or something, or like <laughs> twenty three, twenty two or twenty three. He came in while I was watching it. And I think he was like disappointed that like, his son in his twenties was like watching a kid's cartoon, but it's just like I got so engulfed in int- in intrigue for this show because it still holds up. The storylines are still great today. I mean, we talk about DCEU sucking, you know, the movies suck, but dude, DC kills it on the animated front. They destroy. yeah, the animated stuff is miles ahead of whatever marvel's got going on oh yeah uh and hopefully they'll figure out some of the movie stuff uh the Zack snyder cut hashtag release the Zack snyder cut oh it's coming out next year yeah and they uh, put the trailer out like two days ago i know three oh, days God. ago but yes yeah why would you do that a year before your fucking movie is released <laughs> The Tenet trailer came out, like, last April, I think. Yeah, but it was also supposed to come out fucking... In July. Yeah, I guess. So that's, yeah. That's, like, 15 months. Uh, anyway, Darren, we'll just, it's fine. We'll pick Batman, okay? But I think we, I need, we, should to... hur- we should hurry this up a little bit, because we're at an hour, and we still have... We're, we haven't even gotten into the semifinals yet. Okay, all right. I want as long as you truly think Batman should win. I told you I would p- watch Batman more today than I would Rugrats, right? And that's what this. You don't is have about. to raise your voice with me, Jake. That's uh, what the show is. We have our semifinal matchups. Our first one, number nine, SpongeBob SquarePants versus number ten, Ed Ed and Eddie. 
This is, I mean, this is, this is exactly what we've been talking about throughout this whole show. Ed, Ed, and Eddie remained consistent. Uh, it was only, it was only that short amount of time that they created the show. Uh, it, it didn't, it never reached the heights of SpongeBob, I don't think. I don't think Ed, Ed and Eddie has its chocolate episode. So it's really a matchup of what do you value more? Like a, a, a really bright star that fades over time or a dimmer star that... Wait, what? <laughs> 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 that burns out quickly? Is that the... <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, yeah, and I was just going to say that. I, I think that, yeah... I think part of Ed and Eddie's uh, lack of popularity when you compare it to SpongeBob is that Ed and Eddie kind of went more for, you know, like punchy one-liners here and there. It never had like an episode where they had something where you can close your eyes and you can specifically remember a, a setup and a punchline. It was more like situational humor, whereas SpongeBob was a lot more punchline-y stuff. Um... And I think SpongeBob was a lot more memorable for that. Uh, honestly, like SpongeBob's success is really its biggest crutch here because it wouldn't have gone on to make all those, you know, sh significantly shittier seasons if it wasn't so successful. And it was it's I think the most successful show Nickelodeon has ever made. Uh, it I, w I was reading that. uh Oh, shit. Hold, hold on. Keep talking and I'll find what it was. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, oh, no, no. I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. Uh, in the first month it was on air, it overtook Pokemon as the highest rated Saturday morning child's cartoon. The first month it overtook Pokemon. Wow. Like that, that's, that's a, a star that immediately is just. Oh, yeah. Uh, talk about stars, you know. Fucking, how about sponges? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I did hear a statistic where children who watch 15 minutes of SpongeBob uh, are more likely to have, you know, like, they're, they're, they have more learning. They have a harder time learning uh, once they've watched, like, 15 minutes of SpongeBob, which was an interesting uh, and very informative statistic given me today and how much SpongeBob I watched as a kid <laughs> uh, and how much I watched today. Um, I mean, I love Ed, Ed and Eddie, but it's going to be, I'd be hard pressed to tell you that Ed, Ed and Eddie beats SpongeBob here. Um, because even knowing that statistic, that <laughs> I'm supposed to have trouble learning and remembering things. I still watch SpongeBob. <laughs> I still watch it. So it's SpongeBob uh, for me. If I had to pick right now which of these I would rather watch, I don't know what I would pick. Um, because SpongeBob, as we've said, it it has higher heights, but I also sort of feel like I've I've experienced everything that SpongeBob has to offer. Whereas I'd be more interested to go back and like see what Ed and Ed, what Ed, Ed and Eddie is like now. So it, I don't know. It's it's tough for me on that front, but I think like in terms of cultural influence and everything, you ha it has to be SpongeBob. 
Uh, even though I don't, I don't care that much about it these days. It's still like, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. So is that your final choice or are you just kind yes. of speaking hypothetically? Okay. SpongeBob moves on to the finals. All right. Our next semifinal round. matchup. The Hemipeen, the Snickles Hemipeen matchup. Our number 11 seed, Courage the Cowardly Dog, versus our new number 12 seed, Batman the Animated Series. Jake's opening up a shake. He's opening up a bag of RB shake. Um, the only thing he is able to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pre-blended, but it's just in a little baggie. Um, here's the thing between these two matchups. It's the show that shaped, shaped me, molded me as a boy versus the show that I think holds up. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, versus a show that like, I think is really entertaining today. And like, there's, there's a lot of depth to Batman, the animated series, I think. Uh, just watching just watching these first couple episodes, I was amazed by how much they were able to fit in to like 23, 22-minute episodes, you know? Versus Courage, which is like... And th- I mean, this is... I don't know. It, I also like this about Courage, that it's like... It's 10 minutes of very focused, like, Courage needs to get out of the Cats Motel and he needs to get his family out. So it's... I don't know. That's like, this is a tough matchup for me. It's, it's two, two really big influences, influences on me are Batman and then, you know, shows like courage. Uh, hmm. Absolutely. And I think Hmm. if you go, if, if you were to watch both of these today, uh, Batman would obviously appeal more to like more people. I think, I think it takes people like you and me, people, uh, in their twenties who are willing to start a podcast, uh, those type of people would like courage <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, and that's cause we we're into weird stuff. We're into like, you know, alt alternative humor. We're into that, that sort of thing. We love horror movies. We love, you know, we talked about hereditary for way too long. So this, that's how this podcast started. Yeah. The show so it, was created as a, we we backdoor piloted this with the uh, talking about hereditary, <laughs> uh, and I think it's only fair that we give courage the run that we give it. However, uh, if if I'm gonna talk about what I think holds up more and what I want to watch, probably more often, I'm gonna go with Batman. You know, despite me always grasping for courage, anytime I can find it streaming, I will watch it. However, with Batman, it's like I went out and I sought out the the DVD set to watch. Me and my friends like traded Batman DVDs so we could watch all the episodes. Um, I would. Here's here's how I think about it. I like Batman. The animated series is the next show that my girlfriend and I are going to watch together. Courage is, first of all, a show that she would not be interested in because she does not like horror. But it's also. Like, it's a show that I would gladly watch, like, an episode a week and, like, get my fill. I don't think I could binge it just because it's, like, it is so creepy and intense and, like, they do such a good job of it. Yeah. But it's it's not something that, like, 
it's it's good in little pieces i think uh and like that's it succeeds at what it's trying to do but at the same time like i think batman the animated series is the better show yeah and i think courage kind of just fall i think courage gets beat out here because it's just it's so niche and batman is not niche it's it's very wide it's it's good for everybody and courage is better for you know a smaller group of people uh i love you courage great show uh still gonna seek it out on streaming still gonna watch quite a bit of courage but it goes goes to batman for me and it sounds like it goes to batman for jake too so correct batman moves on to the final matchup which is dun 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 bah hoopla SpongeBob SquarePants versus Batman. All right. I mean, we all knew it would come down to two shows, and here we are. We always knew it would be two shows at the end, and it is. Uh, this is a very fitting matchup, I think, for the for the last the last matchup. This uh, this is a this matchup. I've said it a, a, a million times at this point, but it's even more of Batman the animated series had a vision. They made it what they wanted it to be, and then it ended, and it set the stage for you know some of the best animated shows, certainly the best animated superhero stuff uh, going forward. Versus Spongebob, which was a very good show, but maybe went on for too long. Maybe it was a victim of its own success, a victim of its like its perfect timing and everything. What, what helped it so much at the beginning hurt it now. And I think because... So there were different var- variations of Batman, of a Batman cartoon. There's several different variations of a Batman cartoon that came out after Batman the Animated Series. And I think the only team that was on Batman the Animated Series that also worked on a different va- variation was Batman Beyond, which was another great show. Batman Beyond was yeah. fantastic. Uh, and I think, you know, with the slew of Batman shows that are out there, some of those are going to end up being good, but they're also probably entirely different teams. Um, and then you got the video games. You got you got Batman Arkham, the Arkham video games. A oh lot of the God. people who work on those games also worked on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I literally I literally pulled my PlayStation out today to play Arkham Knight again. Oh man! And I they announced the new games. one. I I'm know, super that's... stoked. Oh my God! I love those games. And, you know, Paul Dini, who wrote, uh, I believe, Asylum and City. I don't think he wrote Arkham Knight. Um, He wrote much of the animated series. And I think he wrote a lot of Batman Beyond as well. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, it just kind of the animated series. I believe Rock City kind of pointed out the animated series as like the the tone of their sh- what they wanted the video game to be so that just speaks volumes about how much uh batman the animated series has done for just n- 
just narrative anim- like narrative animation and superheroes in general uh just good dramatic stories where you know SpongeBob I I I just simply cannot say that SpongeBob has reached the inspiration potential that Batman the animated series has. I mean and here's the thing is that Batman Beyond uh other like there's other really well liked shows and movies those are continuations of the universe that Batman the animated series created. And so like obviously we can't take all of that into account. It's the math gets tricky when you're thinking about all this stuff. But for it to just come in do what it wants to do and then set up like this universe that still still is the best thing that DC has done except for the Dark Knight maybe argue about that if you want. Also a Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think Christopher uh, Nolan did say that that was lightly inspired by the animated series as well. Yeah, so it's for its inspiration and it, it just feels like a perfect little art piece that it is what it set out to be. And like if SpongeBob ended after season three or four or whatever, like it might have this same conversation, but it kept going and they kept making shitty movies and they kept making shitty seasons. I don't know. This is, this is really tough for me because I, I really liked SpongeBob as a kid. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I didn't watch that much Batman as a kid. I, I watched more Batman Beyond than I did Batman the Animated Series. Um, but but if it's what holds up the best, I think it has to be Batman the Animated Series. I think, yeah, looking at SpongeBob and how it ended up is just a very unfortunate and kind of ugly version of kind of what like studios do to take something great and kind of bog it down to being something, I guess, less great. Uh, whereas Batman, they, they definitely quit while they were ahead with Batman. I mean, I think animation was a lot different back then because it came mm. out in what? 89, I think was the first I don't think episode. it was that. 92. 92. Okay. 92. But still at that point, animation, people scoffed at animation quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman, the animated series Probably, I, I honestly think that Batman the Animated Series changed a lot of people's minds about animation. Probably changed the whole pathway for animation and got people to start trusting it more rather than just scoffing at it. And people saw some narrative heft with Batman the Animated Series, and you know it, it, it created essentially this industry for animation. I mean, maybe it just wasn't solely Batman. It's probably a lot of steps to get there. Mm-hmm. But Batman certainly helped that. And I think, I think that in, ba- in yeah. much the same way that the Dark Knight like showed what you could do with superhero movies. And then we had the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of that. I think Batman, the animated series, like showed that it's not just, you know, 15 minutes of flashing colors to sit the kid in front of while they're eating cereal on Saturday morning. Like it could be it could be something that the parents like. That has like depth to the characters and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it absolutely goes to Batman for me. I like I love SpongeBob. <clears throat> I don't want to go without saying that SpongeBob has shaped my sense of humor, obviously. I mean I think it's depressing to go off of what you're saying that uh SpongeBob, like what has become of SpongeBob is depressing, but it's also depressing to me that Steven Hillenberg stayed with it 
the whole time until his death, which is, of course, unfortunate, as we said. But, like, you know, he created Rocco's Modern Life, and then he created SpongeBob, and he really doesn't have any other credits other than those, like, you know, SpongeBob movies and stuff. I wish that we could have seen another show from him that pushes it even further, like a new show. And I don't know, like, if that was just his personal choice or what, but I, it's sad to me that we didn't get to see more from him because he, he clearly, you know, made some very, very... He made two very popular shows, and then... Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Anyone would be lucky to have the, the f- career that he had. Oh, yeah. Anybody would be lucky to have him a part of their staff, you know, having having a, a mind like that working for them, you know. Uh, he truly was, I mean, a, a, as far as animation goes, he truly was a diamond in the rough. I mean, because there's a lot of shows that come out and none of them really hit it with kids or adults, for that matter, as much as SpongeBob did. I, I, I've heard people, I've heard parents talk about SpongeBob as like, that's my that's that's my time to also watch TV with my kids. You know, usually they're watching some cartoons that I hate. I can't even stand. But then they turn on SpongeBob and I actually start laughing. I enjoy it, you know, which is good to me. But, you know, I just can't I can't I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I picked SpongeBob over Batman here because Batman did so much for animation in general that it's 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 just hard to to pick batman or uh, spongebob over batman i also want to say uh because we were talking about uh butch hartman earlier that steven hillenberg was like a great guy Uh, he gave a ton of money to charity he gave money to planned parenthood all these great causes he he gave money to the natural the multiple sclerosis society and didn't say that religion can heal it so, <laughs> just big ups to to Stephen H. Uh, uh, huge R.I.P. to Stephen H. We love you. We wish you were still around. It's unfortunate that you passed. We know you're listening to the podcast from wherever wherever your afterlife is, buddy. Uh, we wish you were still around. Uh, that was a that that was a tough one to hear when that when when I heard about that. That one was. It was it was a little tough to stomach because I wasn't expecting it, and you know, so used to everything he's done. Yeah. Um. Anyway, a real downer to bring it da- to bring it <laughs> home with. Uh. But well, I I look at let's look at it as a celebration of Stephen Hillenburg's career. Absolutely. Um, and you know, coming second place to Batman the animated series is no is no uh no shameful thing. Absolutely. Um, if Spongebob had a flaw it's that it did what it did too well so people wanted to keep it existing that's essentially what I'm trying what I've been <laughs> trying to say yeah they kept it they kept it alive for too long and it, it yeah it the, the star dimmed it, that's kind of what I've been trying to say yeah absolutely so another bracket in the books another another episode petering out uh, with no End in sight. Uh, so our winner is Bat. The winner of the childhood cartoons championship bracket 2020 is Batman: The Animated Series. Jake, do you have any final thoughts? Mm, I think with 
everything that's going on, yet another innocent black man getting shot. It's just a, another good reminder that, you know, black lives matter. Uh, and we should try to celebrate the people who do good in the world, our Steven Hillenbergs and our whoever else, uh, and also punish the people who do bad. Anything else, Darren? Uh, I want to second that. Uh, black lives do indeed matter. Um, and I think that um, if you're saying all lives matter, you know, there's there's two outcomes to that. It's like you're, you're either just... You don't want to admit to yourself that Black Lives Matter or you are kind of ignoring what's going on. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to divide everyone here. Uh, You're either uninformed or you're a clown. And you need to... That's kind of what I'm trying to say. It's, you need to remedy either way. Yeah. yes, of course, all lives do matter. But black lives are the ones being taken on the street by cops. And uh, I don't mean, we don't mean that in a hostile manner. We're just trying to tell you, you know, we don't want to be preachy. <laughs> That's not how we want to end the show either. If um, your response to Black Lives Matter is all lives matter, then I don't mind being hostile towards you. <laughs> You're a clown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, just just look at, look at what's going on right now. Um, you know, uh really think about other people's lives you know it, it, it's just it's unfortunate and it doesn't need to it doesn't need to be happening yet it keeps happening and something needs to be done um anyway uh please reach out to us we are on twitter and instagram both at snickles cast uh you can find us on youtube where we post we post inconsistent videos but we post them quite a bit yeah. Uh, it's just Snickles on YouTube. Uh, lots of really funny videos. Jake is doing a very good series right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're just having a lot of fun with it. Um, thank you for listening. Leave us a review on the iTunes store. Jake, what were you going to, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm going to get David Lynch in here, uh, to send us home. But I just had one more thing to say, and that is that yesterday was my birthday and Darren didn't say anything. Uh, in what universe? Wait, was it? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>